So uh, this is probably one of my most favourite nights, my favourite 12 hours of the whole year. Because I love this service. I love welcoming people I know and people I see occasionally. It's lovely. It's great you're here. But I also love the moment between now and tomorrow where I go home and sit. The family have gone to bed. I usually have a dram. And then prepare for tomorrow's services. But the point about tonight for me is that there is a very definite, different change. It's a unique night. It's a glorious night now, moon and stars. And I drive home and somehow I see odd lights on still in houses. I imagine families in bed. I imagine young people can't get to sleep because they're excited. I imagine, but everybody's waiting. It's a fantastic night. It's a unique night. And for me, that touches the spiritual seeking that we have. This is why the aggressive secularists, the Dawkins, just don't get it. Because they argue they try and destroy the Christian faith. It just doesn't ring true. Because people inside here, I believe, have got a spiritual seeking. Those of you who don't know me, I've worked in medicine for 30 years, in A&E and a hospice. And there are very few convinced atheists when the chips are down. I'd like tonight to talk about two events that have happened in my life in the last year. One fact, and then invite the response that is called of us, I believe. We heard it in this Gospel. So first, I was in Lambeth about three weeks ago at a conference at Lambeth Palace. And I got off at Waterloo and walked up the embankment. And as I walked up in the morning, early in the morning, looked across the Thames at the Houses of Parliament... And Theresa May was just, had just come back and was trying to uh, uh, argue her case for Brexit. And the lights were on. As I walked up, I actually prayed for her. But I just imagined the drama, the drama which we are still seeing unfolding. It is a remarkable time, isn't it? We're facing the biggest constitutional crisis for decades. It's difficult to see what is going to happen. So I walked past that and I went to the conference in Lambeth Palace. It was a sports chaplaincy conference. And at lunchtime, I went down to the chapel in Lambeth Palace, Lambeth Palace Chapel, for a lunchtime communion. It's an amazing place because you can go in there and you can see the balcony behind which Cranmer wrote the Book of Common Prayer. It's a remarkable place in history. And to sit there and to worship there, and we had a small communion service. And the priest there said that Christ the King is the one truth in a world full of uncertainties. Christ the King is the one truth in a world full of uncertainties. And that struck me as being very deep. Christ brings truth, hope, strength, refuge. We will not fear even though the mountains are moving, says the psalmist. So that was one event that was very special for me. And the second event was a few weeks earlier. I was in St. Matthew's Whitcomb, a church where some of my students go. I'm chaplain now in the university in Bath to look after students. And many worship at St. Matt's Whitcomb, and I was there for an evening service. And I was there, and I was tired. I had lots on my mind. Uh, It was difficult to see the big picture. It was hard to see and feel the faith, I believe. That happens sometimes. There was a lot of junk on my mind. And it was an evening of worship, and I settled. I love worship. 
I love singing to God. And somehow the Holy Spirit was there, and I felt a tingle factor, and I gradually relaxed into that event. They sang Amazing Grace, this remarkable hymn, you will know this. But the verse, the, the words of the second verse, how wonderful that grace appeared, the hour I first believed, really hit me in a wonderful way. It reminded me of when I came back to faith. I came back to faith through a mission in this church in 1986. I was actually sitting on Borough Mump when it happened. But it happened when I understood what the gospel meant for me. Not everybody else, but for me. Somebody explained it. And I, in a moment, committed my life back to Christ in 1986. And the feeling I had at that moment uh, was of great relief. And so these words, how wonderful that grace appeared, the hour I first believed, took me back to Borough Mump in 1986. I stopped, I was in tears in that service, remembering that moment. The feeling when I understood, made an adult commitment to the gospel. Remember your first love. And God was saying to me, Nigel, hang on, clear out all the junk. Remember your first love. Go back to that. And it reminds me that actually when we believe the gospel, life that can become complicated becomes very simple because we have a simple truth. The gospel gives us a simplicity of peace of mind and forgiveness, a hope that the world cannot give. So those are two very vivid events for me that's happened in the last three months. Now the fact. The fact that is utterly unique to the Christian faith of all the faiths the fact which means I can stand here and say I believe that Jesus Christ is the turning point in the timeline between the world being created through him as we'll talk in a moment and the world ending whenever that is, please God not for many years thinking of our children And the fact is this, that the word, capital W, word, a word used by John in this gospel, a word that will appeal to both Jews who regarded the word as God, a deity, and to the Greek, to the Gentile readers who regarded word as reason, rational, the way things happen. But the fact is this, that that word was present before the world was created. That word was distinct from the Father, John says, but that word was also God. That word is Jesus Christ. So the salvation that humankind would need was present then, before the start. The salvation that was was creating the beings that he would then save, that is a fantastic fact, and it gets better. Because that word comes and lives on earth as Jesus Christ. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, a virgin birth as prophesied by John, by, by, by Isaiah. The Old Testament does two things, doesn't it? It shows that humankind on its own will never make the mark. And also it has prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that says there will, there will come somebody of the house of David. The word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. And that word 
brings life, life, light, grace, forgiveness, truth. If you think of those words in today's world, life, light, grace and truth certainly is countercultural, isn't it, today? People say, oh, I have my truth, you have your truth. I had a difficult day today because I did an event at the university to welcome international students who are staying on campus because they can't get home. And I invited them to come to the chaplaincy after their lunch. It was the last event of their day today. The campus is virtually closed. But I opened up the chaplaincy, went to them. I've got a large world map and I said, come in and place a stone, place a pebble on the world map where your home country is. And let's think for a moment about your family at home. And I had five Chinese people, no, six Chinese people, a Jordanian Muslim, a Buddhist, and um, an Indian Christian. Great. It was a fantastic mix. But what happened, which shook me, was as I explained what we were going to do, and they'd been told it wasn't a religious moment, it was a moment to be together. I said we could think and we could pray for their home. And suddenly three of the Chinese guys looked up and said, hang on a second, is this religious? I said, well... You know, we're in the chaplaincy. I'm offering this to you. He said, well, I'm not religious. Can I go, please? And it hurt me, actually. But it was to give a little instinct. And what we're up against now is we proclaim the truth that we are called to proclaim, the truth that we're thinking about tonight. So those are two stories. Lambeth Palace. Christ is the one truth in a world full of uncertainties. The amazing grace that we experience when we come back to faith. And then this fact of Jesus Christ present before the world began, creating the things he would then come down to live amongst us and then to save. So countercultural in today's world. And then just to pause for a moment and remember that in fact, as we heard in the Gospel... Jesus was also countercultural at that time. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. The creator force of the world and the mystery of what is creation, but nevertheless the creator force not recognized by the people he created. He came to that which was his own, his own people, and they did not receive him. So he was then countercultural. But then here is the point of the story. Yet to all who did accept him, to all who did believe, to all who understood, and these weren't intellectuals, they weren't professors, they weren't, were they? They were ordinary people, like what we are. For all who understood, Jesus gave the right to be children of God, to have hope, life, eternal life, light, truth, grace, all those words. And as we pause tonight in this amazing night in the church's year, as we go on in this service, as we prepare to have communion together, this is a fantastic fact. And over the last 2,000 years, millions have done so. Millions have said, yes, this is right, this sounds right. And they've believed. 
and they have then received the hope. Jesus invites us to believe. There's a great verse in Revelation. He stands at the door and knocks. And he says, if anybody opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. There's a famous painting by Holman Hunt of that verse. And it shows Jesus, the light of the world, knocking at a door, a door covered with briars, an old door. And on the painting, there's no handle on Jesus' side of the door. We have to open the door. So, we have this urgency. I'd like to read you one other verse from Peter. Another amazing apostle, another introduction to the gospel. Who at that first sermon, when he preached the gospel at Pentecost with such power that we're here today. That's a historical fact. The first time the Holy Spirit came down to inspire the disciples, he preached the gospel with such power that on that day 3,000 people believed and it led to a chain of events, which means we're now sitting here in this church. But as he explained the gospel, as we're talking about tonight, as he explained the gospel to those people then, and they said, Peter, what should we do? What should we do? Having heard this, Peter simply says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness was one of the main things I felt when I came back to faith. Forgiveness of 12 years of being naughty. But that is an amazing thing. And so the response invited for us tonight, again, is to believe. Believe this story. Believe in Jesus Christ. Step out with him. Commit. It's like a new relationship. In a new relationship, there comes a point where you like the person enough to say, yes, I'll commit myself to that person. I'll step off the curb with that person. I'll explore friendship with that person. And if that's the right person, then that's great. Jesus will not disappoint if we step off the curb with him. And so tonight, even tonight, food for thought, even tonight, this service is an inclusive service. Everybody is very welcome here. Come and receive bread and wine. But if this is your first time for a while, as you receive bread and wine, say in your heart, yes, Lord. I'll be at the back with booklets like this. This is a booklet, it's a brilliant little booklet, it's a foundation for understanding. By far the best understanding is to talk to other people, talk to people who do understand more than you do. I talk to people about faith who understand more than I do. We go on learning all our lives. There's an Alpha course starting here. Alpha course is another way where you can meet other people and talk together. It's starting here in January. Another great way. If you're traveling here to be with your family or friends, there are Alpha courses where you go. They're around the country. Go on one. Ask somebody. It is not high cringe. 
And I, I am absolutely certain that Jesus Christ is the one hope that we can cling on to in a world full at the moment of great uncertainties. Yet to those who did receive him, Jesus Christ, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus, full of grace and truth. Amen.